What's up, folks of Gator Country? This is none other than your boy David Soderquist along with Andrew Spivey. And unfortunately, last night, Florida went to Lexington. It did not come out a winner. They lose to the Kentucky Wildcats here 20-13 to in a game where uh, you saw a lot of stuff, man. Just a lot of stuff we have to get off our chest this time on the podcast. But uh, Emory Jones, not bad. Had a, had a good, clean game. Threw one pick that he should not have thrown. Uh, it looked like a uh, tried to go for an explosive pass play there, and it just didn't wind up for Emory Jones. But overall, Emory Jones did pretty well. But in my opinion, I think this one's on Dan Mullen, man. Uh, you got to trust your quarterback. You got to put him in positions to be successful. And you can't run the ball on third and 11, third and 15, and accept, expect to be successful against a Kentucky team that's been dominating your offensive line all night long. Here's the deal. This sucks. This sucks big yep. time. Um, this is a terrible loss. You know, some people are saying the LSU loss uh, last year was worse. No. no Losing to Kentucky is the worst. That's, that's bad. Losing to Kentucky when you outgain them 382 yards to 211 yards, you give up 74 yards passing on six completions. Um, but you have 15 penalties for 115 yards. That's a lot. Terrible. When you're out physical by Kentucky, again, when you're when you're better and more physical than Alabama, when you've been good all year long at being physical and you don't travel, that sucks. I know people are going to get on Emory, and hey, and, and listen, I'm not an Emory apologetic. I'm not I'm not going to sit here and try to explain to people that he's the best quarterback, and I don't even know that he's the best quarterback on the team. I, I don't know that, um, but I will say this, and that is if Dan Mullen continues to go to, to war and to go to bat saying Emory Jones is his number one quarterback, then freaking show the respect to the guy and give the man the opportunity. You are handcuffing him right now so bad that you are making him look worse than he he is one minute and 50 seconds to go in the uh, in the second quarter with three timeouts and you, and you don't even you know go for it yeah you, you get a completion for two yards then you get a completion for 14 to Trent Whittemore so you're getting the ball rolling yep. I thought once the Whittemore you know play was going to happen he was going to call a timeout there or, or, or get to hurry up and he was going to get going that's what most you know teams do is they they get one first down and then they get going you don't trust Emory if you don't do that. You're not trusting your quarterback to do that. You're not trusting your quarterback right now to throw the ball more than five yards down the field. If that's the case, then you've got to make a change. I don't think you should make a change because I think Emory's doing fine for the most part. But if you're not going to do that, you've got to make a change. And I don't think that Mullen understands that. I I tweeted this after the game, and that is – for as great of a play caller as Dan Mullen is against the top dogs, the Kirby's of the world, the the Nick Saban's of the world, he is awful against some of these teams that he should just, you know, burn out the water. Go for it. Do be consistent. I mean, you're such a great play caller, but if you watch Saturday's game, you wonder who's calling plays. Yeah. Multiple quarterback draws. 13 runs for Emory Jones. What are you doing? Third and 10, you're, you're running quarterback draw. Third and, you know, what was it? Third, Third and goal. 15. Uh, yeah. What are you doing? You're. This is not an offense that's going to win football games. And and here's the thing. You can, you can, you can make any way you want to put it. Your goals for your season are done. Your, your your realistic expectations to get to Atlanta are done. Georgia's not losing three games. Kentucky's not losing three games. Your your expectations are gone. You're, you're gone because you laid a freaking egg in Lexington against a Kentucky team that's not good. That's not a good yeah. football team. I don't care any way you dice it up. That's not a good Kentucky football team. That's a Kentucky football team that loses by 14 to 21 points to Georgia easily. Yeah. Easily a, a, an offense that Georgia has that may not be the best offense, but they have probably the number one defense in, in this whole league. And you don't need a prolific offense when you have a defense like Georgia. If you look at what Georgia did to Arkansas yesterday, yeah, Arkansas may be a little bit overrated. They may be. They, they played a bad Texas A&M team. They beat them, and that's why they were at number eight. Uh, still, though, they looked dominant. They won that game, and they blew them out like they should have. Something that Dan Mullen does not do when he comes to play teams like Tennessee. That score should have been a lot worse. I just saw Tennessee blow out Missouri yesterday. A team that we beat 38-14, to 
a team that Kentucky struggled to score against and had to go to a last-minute touchdown to, to beat Missouri. But then we go into Lexington and we lay an egg to a team that we should have beaten by well more than the eight-point spread. I, it's To me, and you talk about Emory Jones, too, trusting your quarterback. If you do not trust Emory Jones to throw the football and you do not trust him to, to make plays in, in third and long and in, in all these other situations before halftime, then why is he out there? Put somebody else. I don't even care if it's Anthony Richardson that's out there. If you want to put Carlos Del Rio, Jalen, Jalen Kitna, anybody out there, put them out there if you don't trust Emory Jones. And if you do trust Emory Jones, then take the leash off of him. And a, that game was very, the play calling was very Muschamp-esque. You know, run the ball three times, punt. Run the ball twice. Maybe throw a quick slant. If it's incomplete, punt. That's, that's what Will Muschamp did the whole time he was here. And hats off to this defense. They held Kentucky to 20 points, uh, only 200 yards of offense. They did what they had to do to try to win the football game. Yeah, they weren't great. There were some breakdowns, and there was there were some things that didn't go our way. And obviously, the special teams block that got returned for a touchdown that really hurt. That technically put the dagger in uh, in, in Florida, actually. But you know, stop right there for a second. Yeah, special teams sucks. Yeah. It- there's three phases to the game, David. Offense, defense, and special teams. Yeah. There's a reason there's three phases of the game, and it's not offense, defense, and then whatever else you want to call it. No, it's three right. phases of the game, and guess what? You've got to win those phases of the game. And if you don't win those phases of the game, you're going to lose football game. You lost to Alabama because you simply could not kick a PAT. You yeah. lost. Now, if you tie the game there and you go to overtime, I don't know what happens. But you get to overtime. That's the issue. Yep. You simply could not make the kick there. Okay, let's let's fast. Let's let's rewind it in the Alabama game too. You let the ball on special teams go out at the one yard line. You had to go ninety nine yards. That took time off the clock. Right. Special teams is not good. Jeremy Crawshaw had had a punt on the forty yard line that went twenty yards. No, 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 no. That doesn't work. Yeah. It doesn't work. You're not flipping field position. You're not doing these kind of things when you're doing that, when you're when you're not able to do that. He had five punts for 214 yards. He had a 42-yard average. It skewed a little bit because he had a long 58-yarder that took a long bounce. The special teams is bad. There's no punt return. There's no kick return game whatsoever on this. There's zero pressure on the punter for Kentucky uh, or any opposing team. This is a guy in Dan Mullen who learned under Urban Meyer, who Urban Meyer will go down as one of the best special teams coaches of all time. Yeah. He, I mean, and 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 the thing is, is Mullen goes around telling, you know, all of his players, he, he, he says it in press conferences, the way to get on the field is special teams. Why? Why is that? If you don't care enough about special teams to win that phase of the game, what does it matter? Yeah, what, what does, does it matter? Right, yeah. What does it matter if, if so-and-so wants to play on special teams? He's not going to see the field, right? Then, right. Then why and here's he the thing. You're talking about Dan Mullen had a quote after the game where he said he needs to get more involved in PAT and, and, and field goal. It's game five, buddy. Yeah, right. You should have been preparing for that before the season. That, that's yeah. the issue. And, you know... And, and Jace Chrisman, we finally got to see a little bit of him. He kicked a 51-yard field goal that looked pretty good. I'll, I'll give him credit on that. That was should have been 51 yards if they didn't have a penalty. Didn't have because a penalty. guess what? Right. They, they didn't. They had trouble getting out. Des Watson was late getting on the field on special teams. Had to had to cut back. That five yards made it a 51 instead of a 46. He made it in hindsight. But again, why were you late getting on the field? You had a you had a offsides on on kickoff on kickoff. What yeah. are you doing? Yeah, there was, like, way too many false start penalties yesterday. I think there was a total of, what, 10 false start penalties at least? And that puts um, you and you're in, in third and short situations. You had third and short situations where you could get a first down and keep Kentucky's defense on the field, and you get a false start. And then you're backed you fourth up. And, goal, and then you run uh, the ball. Or, you had fourth and three uh, inside the red zone. Emory gets the first down. It's called back for a false start. Right. Yeah. And, you and, know, and Stuart that. Reese, Kingsley – um, I mean, all the line. It was it was the entire line. Um, you know, there's some you know talk that Kingsley wasn't snapping the ball when he's supposed to. Okay, maybe so. But as an offensive line, why are you not watching the ball? Yeah, that's- you know, you're in a silent snap count. 
Why are you not watching the ball? Uh, Malik Davis, false start. What are you doing? Like, what, 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 what are you doing to do this? Um, it, it just, you simply cannot have, I believe it was nine false starts on offense. Yeah, you like cannot have that and win football games. Guess what? Kentucky 60,000. Was it loud? I'm sure it was a little loud. I wasn't there. But guess what? It ain't nothing like they've seen before. It ain't Death Valley in a couple of weeks. It ain't the swamp when it's loud. Now, granted, Florida didn't have to worry about it when they're on offense. It's not Bryant Denny. It's, yeah. you know, it's not a lot of these schools around the country that are really loud. Kentucky's, you know, 60,000 is not that loud. That, that yeah. should have been not an issue at all. Um, again, that goes back to coaching, whether or not you want to put it on Mullen or whether you want to put it, see, you know, Greg Knox, whoever you want to put it on, that's coaching unprepared. And guess what? If you have depth, you replace those guys, you figure it out, but guess what? It goes back to recruiting. You don't have the depth. Right. And, and you know what else really, really pissed me off last night is the fact that we just, we just talked about the lack of creativity on offense. Okay, when you really needed the points, and it was the fourth quarter, and there was nine minutes left, you have two drives for 59 yards and 54 yards. You get more creative on offense. You have Emory Jones pass it down the field. Where was that all game? Where was that mentality all game? You saw it, the last two drives, how creative. You see that one-step drop where he drops back and passes, fakes and run. Uh, all that kind of creativity. He didn't even try to see any kind of like designed run plays to help out this offensive line, which got dominated last night. I'm sorry. Kentucky's defensive line dominated Florida's offensive line last night. I think so for, for the most part. It, 100%. It, it, it was physical, did not travel. Did yeah. not travel. Um, garage beaten badly many a times. Oh, yeah. Ethan White, yeah, he just badly all night long. Beaten badly. Stuart Reese, I don't know what. Gene DeLance, the old Gene DeLance showed up. I don't know if it's the injury with DeLance or what, but he looks a step slower. He looks like he's leaning every time. I, I don't know. And I said this last week, and I took some heat on the on the message board, but I'm going to say it again. Perimeter blocking is an Terrible. issue with this fo- football team. Kamori Gamble, Rick Wells, all of those guys on the outside cannot block. And it's right. – unheard of under Billy Gonzalez because Billy Gonzalez is usually one of the best guys. Think about Ben Jefferson, Tyree Cleveland, Trayvon. They brock their tails off. These guys simply cannot block on the edge. Trent Riddemore had a screen pass where I believe it was Copen Well or Copen Shorter had a block and it was man to man. Neither one of those guys got the block. Widemore had to break the tackle and he got two yards. Well that that can't happen. That can't happen. It's it, it's bad. I don't understand the issue on perimeter blocking. I'm calling it again, and I don't care if people continue to call me crazy. Go watch the film. It's bad. Right. Yeah, it's terrible. And when I looked at the offensive stats at the end of the game, I was even shocked that we even had 382 yards of total offense. It looked like we only had like 200 the whole game. And, and, and granted, a lot of that came off those last two drives. You had over 100 yards on the last two drives, and that accounted for one-third of your offense the whole game. Where was that? Where was that the whole game? And I, I, I know Dan Mullen was in his presser. And, and here, I'm going to go ahead and play a clip from his presser that, you know, a, a lot of people were talking about. And uh, he talks about how, I don't know, I'm just going to go play the clip. Do you feel like you were almost outcoached tonight? No. But, you know, 382 yards, it's, I guess that's sputtering. Is that, I don't know. 380 we had 382 they had 211 yards so okay so <laughs> you win the football game because you get more offensive That's yards than the other team or do you win the football game because you score more points than the other team and you do things in certain situations to get your team out like not going to the locker room before halftime and actually trying to chuck the ball down the field and at least get up a field goal before halftime to put your team in a better position to win the football game Am I not wrong? Well, victories, my man. Or, or was he worried about his offensive uh, offensive yards? He didn't want to throw like two or three more complete incompletions, and then you know Emory Jones's stats go down. You know, is is that what he cares more about? Or is it I mean, points? he just did a fifty-one yarder. Yeah, Christmas. Yeah, and it was a good. You he, were he drilled. You, know, you were on the you were on the ten, so you needed about forty to fifty yards, which 
again, Whittemore gets a um, gets gets a, a completion, um, and, and you are going a little bit. I, and that's the thing too. Florida was better when they were in hurry up offense, right. and they did not go in hurry up offense. It, 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 again, it goes back to this, and it frustrates me, David, because. Again, I, I, I'm not sitting here trying to be an Emory apologist. I, I'm not. I, I don't care who starts and plays. I don't, I don't care. But whoever it is, freaking trust them. Put your game in their hands. You have got to trust them. If it's Emory, cool. Give him the whole playbook and trust him. Stop trying to protect him from failing. That, that yeah. doesn't do him any good that doesn't do this team any good that doesn't do this program any good that doesn't do anthony richardson any good and if i'm anthony richardson if i'm emory i'm pissed off if he's doing that so yeah. stop doing that it, 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 it's it's retarded i i can't stand it i can't handle it if you're going to play the man Play the man and be done with it. Stop trying to protect him. Go with him, give him the trust, and be done with it. It is not rocket science here. And here's the thing. You're playing for nothing the rest of the football year. You're playing for pride. That's it. That's it. So we'll see where they rebound, and we're going to get into that to a minute. But, again, you're either trusting or you don't trust him. It's game five you have to have trust in your offense at that time and here's the here's the other thing that's mind-boggling to me damian pierce was the high hand yeah we hear all year long all all this time dan mullen's been here they play the hot hand at running back play the hot hand at running back. that's a bare face lie right eight for 54 for damian pierce and he had one touch in the second half yeah. one one. Damian Pierce was the guy in the first half that was getting things going. One. Here's the thing. Damian Pierce is a big physical running back. That's his game. Guess what? Kentucky's a big, fast, physical football game. Play the man, play the hot hand. I am I, I'm about at the point of hating this running back rotation like I did a couple years ago because it's so frustrating that the best player isn't always on the field. And again, a couple weeks ago it was Malik. Um, Last week it was Naquan. Saturday was Damian Pierce. He didn't play. And another thing, handing the ball. Stop with the quarterback draws every play. Everybody in America knows when you go empty in the goal line, your running quarterback draws. And there was I, – I can't even imagine how many quarterback draws there were last night. It, it, like I said, it was very Muschamp-esque. And, and this is what – it killed me, too, to see this, that the fact that Jacob Copeland and, and Trent Whittemore and even Xavier Henderson were the most open receivers that whole night. There was at least, I would say, three to four plays where I saw them wide open in an end zone for a touchdown, or they were wide open down the field, and instead you run the ball. Or you or Emory Jones runs around, tries to get like three, four yards on, on a quarterback design run play when you've got receivers that are wide open. And or or if it was a pass play, Emory Jones couldn't find the open receiver. I don't know. But Jacob Copeland, you know, fifty nine yards, average all these receivers, nine point eight, nine point oh, fifteen point five, Xavier Henderson, Trent Woodmore, Copeland, all averaging almost ten yards every time they touch the football. So feed them the ball. I mean Woodmore had four catches and I, and I think two of them were on the first drive. Yeah, and he was wide open. They couldn't cover Trent Woodmore all night long. Now, a little bit of that is there's two things that, that go to that, David, and I hate to cut you off here. Um, well, Kentucky was playing run. Well, that's what I was going to say. Emory wasn't – Emory didn't have a lot of time in the pocket for one. So he instantly was thinking, oh, my God, if first read's not there, i got to go. Secondly – he got to the point where he was just trying to run and, and get it, and he, and he forgot about it. So there, there was a couple of things there. I, I don't think the protection was there like he, you know, he it had been. Now at times it was, but it hadn't been. Um, and and it looked like, and David, I, you know, I'll ask you this too. It looked like the majority of the throws were set up as just timing throws, where it was comeback routes, and Emory just was supposed to throw to a yeah. spot. It never in that game looked like. Many plays that it looked like, you know, they had a 
progression that he had to go through or anything like that outside of the first drive when he hit Copeland for, I think it was 18 across the middle and, and Copeland was his third read outside yeah. of that. I don't remember many, if any really throws that he had to go through a progression. And it just wasn't simply a timing throw. Yeah. And uh, there's, there was no explosive pass plays whatsoever. They didn't even try to go deep on any place. And I understand that you can't go deep on every single play that you have, but in a game like this, in a team that you should beat, in a team that their defensive backfield is not great. They're up front, they are fantastic. In the backfield, they're terrible. In a game like that, wouldn't you want to take advantage of your top 100 players, your, your receivers like Jacob Copeland, who's, who wears the number one jersey for some reason, but does, don't, Dan doesn't want to give him the football. I don't know why. But you have those guys out there like Shorter, like Copeland, like Xavier Henderson, like Trip Whittemore, these guys that make these big explosive plays and you've seen it last year, you've seen it, you've seen it so far this year, you don't even try to toss it deep to them. And if, even if it's in a 50-50 situation, you've got to take some shots, man. And eventually, if your offense is sputtering, and he, it was sputtering, I don't care what he says about his 382 yards in his postgame presser. If your offense is sputtering, you can't run the football. Yeah, all those linebackers and all those safeties and all that, they're coming up close to your, your offensive line because they know you're going to run the ball. It's predictable. You can't be one-dimensional against any team in the SEC, regardless of any team in the nation. And Kentucky made Florida last night one-dimensional. And Florida is a is a team in the in the red zone, and and listen, I, I get it, I, and I'm one of those people too. You know, I was watching the Stanford Oregon game, and they threw back to back fade routes, just jump balls, basically right. back shoulder throws, and you know, and it, it was frustrating, you know, to see that at times because it's a fifty fifty ball. But Florida doesn't even do it at all. They they have two plays in the or excuse me, three plays in the red zone: quarterback draw, quarterback handoff. Or they go to the quick screen uh, to to the wide receiver. That's the three plays. Yeah, Copeland. You know the ball was underthrown. Copeland slipped in the in the uh, or, or he was scored uh, in the, in the game on on Saturday. Emory, they they knew what was coming with Emory, and and the running game just was non-existent inside the red zone there. So your red zone was done. Yeah, it, it, and I understand if the run game is working. You keep going to it like like the Georgia game. Say last last year's Georgia game. How many wheel routes did we throw in that game? And Georgia cannot cover it. I throw wheel routes all game. I don't care what you have to do. You got to do what works. You got to do what puts your quarterback in successful situations. And you didn't see that. You just saw well here here's a quarterback draw. Here's here's this. Uh, we're gonna punt the ball and we're gonna make our defense come back out there on the field. You didn't really see that. Like, you just didn't see us trying to expose any of their corners or any of their safeties or any of their linebackers. They're all up front. They're waiting for the run. They know what's coming. And then they knew if they knew if you, they forced Emory to throw the football, it was going to be a lot harder for us to score. But you didn't even try to throw the ball with Emory Jones. That was the problem. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm quiet for a second because. I have so many thoughts just running through my head. Um, it just – the handcuffs were on, David. I mean, I, I think that's basically the only way I can say it. The handcuffs were there. And, and the thing about it is, is even doing that kind of the, – the, the handcuff plays, they still were not executed. Um, I go back to a play uh, late in the fourth quarter. Um, quarterback draw. They had Malik and Ethan White. Both of those guys were um, the the lead blockers in the draw play. Yeah. Ethan pushed his guy into Emory, and Malik didn't get his guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, it just second-level blocking has been such a key to this team and, and great this year. That's the thing. It's been great this year. Um and I said this on Friday, and I look absolutely stupid for saying this. And I said, physical football always travels. And it does. There was no excuse for it. That's the thing. You're, you're not telling me Alabama's front seven is worse than Kentucky's front seven. You're not. You're, you're just not. You're not telling me that. You're not going to make me believe that. Um, and, and it was. And, you know, uh, I'll, I'll even take it a step further a little bit, too. And, you know, and listen, the defense play fine. I'm not blaming the defense at yeah. all for anything. But 
the defense couldn't even get pressure um, uh, up yeah. the middle. They couldn't even get any pass rush. Um, they couldn't even, um, you know, get anything going. And that was frustrating uh, because um, Levis, Levis, however you say his name, had a whole day to throw. Yeah, he only had he only had 87 yards the whole game passing. And as far as our defense, we had two sacks, two uh, four tackles for loss, and one quarterback hurry. You're not going to win football games with those type of defensive statistics, you're just not going to, unless your offense is humming. And our offense wasn't humming last night. So, and, and, and yeah, like you said about the defense, man, you can't keep your defense on the field for that long and expect them not to give up plays. And they were giving up some really big chunk run plays right up the middle. And mm-hmm. that was, that's what else like really set me off. Because the front that. seven was non-existent. I mean, let right. me... Let me look this up here. Let me let me pull up my stats here uh, from last night. And, and, uh, and every game is one in the trade. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Trey Dean had eight tackles. Too many tackles. Too many tackles. Yeah. Diabate had eleven. He led the team. Too many tackles. You you cannot cannot have that happen. And and here's the thing: the the ugly head was bit off on the forty one yard touchdown pass to Wondell Robinson on the screenplay. Yep. Missed tackles. Guess what? Kill the team Came back again, and, and it comes back. And and I'll say this too: um, Elijah Blades had a had a, a a penalty that would piss me off more than anything in the entire world. False start penalties get on my nerves. I hate them, but selfish penalties frustrate me. Yep. And that's what Elijah Blade has with a selfish. 15-yard penalty where he couldn't make the play, so he decided he was going to push that guy 15 yards out of bounds. What are you doing? How selfish do you have to be? Right. Yeah, it's just the the man, like you have to coach your players better, and you have to put them in positions to be successful. You just didn't see any of that last night. And this is something we were talking about before the podcast, Andrew, and I want to allude to this too because, I, you know, some people say don't look too far into it. Some people will. The picture of Dan Mullen smiling after the game. I mean, oh, piss me off. Oh yeah, piss me off. Like, piss me off. It, it, you, if you don't want to read too far into that, that's cool or whatever. But that's not a good look. Like, it, it's very Jim McElwain esque of the of the uh, blowout that Georgia gave us, the forty two to seven blowout. You know, back in two thousand seventeen, Jim McElwain leaving the field smiling didn't seem like he didn't care at all. And then in the press conference, you heard the clip that we just played. Dan didn't even seem to care. He thought everything was fine. Everything was good in the hood. And then you talk about, what, three years prior to this? Oh, well, hold on to the rope. Uh, I'm going to thumb wrestle you. I'm going to kick your ass. I'm going to do all this. Where's that at? I don't see that anymore. Do you see that attitude in Dan Mullen anymore? I don't. No, and and, and that's the thing. I have a four-year-old. None of people know this. But I, I tell him all the time, we do not smile we do not laugh. We do not make anything out of anything when we lose. We're pissed off. We're mad. I don't care if you call me a sore loser. I don't care what you call me. When you lose, you lose. There's no reason to laugh. There's no reason to smile. There's no reason to nothing. I, here's the thing. I'd rather him tell Mark Stoops, I'm not shaking your hand. I'm pissed off I lost. Because guess what? The man across from you dominated you, yep. outsmarted you, beat you at your own game. And you're going to walk across and laugh and shake his hand? Yeah. No, 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 no. How are you going to walk in your locker room and tell your guys after the game to be mad? Not to laugh and, and cut up. Not to laugh. You know, it's supposed to be a quiet trip back home on the plane ride. Why? Turn the music on, Blair. Throw a party. Yeah. Get the champagne out. You're laughing about it. You're okay with it. You laughed on national TV, and that mindset to me is something I don't know that I'll I'll be able to forget. And, and uh, go ask Nick Saban and Urban Meyer if they're yeah. laughing after a loss. They're not laughing after a loss. They're mad. Nick Saban's cussing up a storm and you know chewing his teams out and you know everything else in the world. You want to be that program? Dan Mullen wants to be that guy who is the national championship football coach. He wants to be the guy that brings college football playoff championship back to, to Florida. Guess what? Laughing after losses, I don't care. I don't care if you take a moral victory in your 382 yards. Whoop-dee-doo-doo. Right. This yeah. ain't the Olympics where you get a medal for finishing second. You get nothing for finishing second. Guess what? You finished third in the East this year. Third. Yeah. Actually, technically. Kentucky beat you twice. 
yeah. in four years, something that hasn't happened in 31 years. And you're laughing about it? No, 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 no. Yeah, he, he lost in Lexington after 30 years. Then he loses at the Swamp 30 years. And if you want to go back to the 2019 game with Dan Mullen, if a certain quarterback doesn't get hurt, you lose that game against Kentucky too. So what is it really, man? I mean, overall, and I'm sorry, guys. This is I, I do apologize because we are kind of going off on a little tangent, but it's it's well warranted. Um, Emory Jones have finished the night at 74% completion rating, 200, 203 yards passing, uh, 60.4 QBR. Uh, Emory Jones had a good night. The, the night is not on Emory Jones. It is on this coaching staff and Dan Mullen, and he's supposed to put him in a, in a good position to be successful. So I do not blame Emory Jones for this game. And you saw a little bit of Anthony Richardson. Granted, he didn't have anything that was impressive out there, but he really was only out there for maybe five or six plays, and then they took him back out. But I think he played. I think he was in the game on nine plays. Yeah, um, that included a few handoffs. He had one throw that wasn't good. The guy jumped all sides. Why he threw it is beyond me in in the first place, but. Uh, it still was a bad throw. Um, and, and you know, you want to give your guy a shot there and everything else. But overall, he did what he was supposed to do. I mean, again, I can't tell – I can't sit here and say Anthony played bad. Didn't get a chance. Can't sit. And, again, Emory didn't lose his football game. The defense didn't lose his football game. Um, special teams lost his football game. Yep. And a coaching staff who either walked into this game thinking they were going to run through this Kentucky team or something. Something is not right. I don't know what it is. And and I don't want to hear the excuses that it was a first road game on the SEC. It's Kentucky. Yeah, it's, it's Kentucky. Kentucky, for God's sakes. Don't want to hear about it. I, I just don't. You know, and I know people are saying, oh, it's, you know, Mark Stoops is doing good at Kentucky. Sure. But let's just run through this. Will Levis. Is he an SEC quarterback that would win a championship? Heck no. Nope. Just give me some of these guys. Now, Rodriguez is a pretty good back. Wondell Robinson's a pretty good receiver. But outside of that, who? Who right. are these guys that you're, you know, the Pascal guy? Sure. But some of these other guys, yeah. The, Kentucky's not winning the SEC championship. They're not playing Alabama tough. They're not beating Georgia. Right. There's not. There's a team named Georgia that's a freight train that completely dominates their opponents. I believe that they're giving up three to four points per game now. They were at 5.8 before they played Arkansas, and Arkansas didn't score a point. I mean, they shut Arkansas down. And when Kentucky plays Georgia, I guarantee you, Georgia will blow them out. No, no problem whatsoever. And I almost yeah. curse saying that, but uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, and the thing about it is, is, is this, and you know, and and. <sighs> I, I, I struggle to say this, and let me say, let me start by saying this. I'm in no way saying Dan Mall needs to be fired. So yeah. let's let's just let, let me just say that. Yeah, let me so go ahead and out it, there. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so that I don't get accused of hearing it, because I'm sure somebody's going to accuse us of saying that. Nobody is calling for Dan Mullen's head. I'm calling for changes, changes within the coaching staff, changes within game day philosophical stuff, changes with the special teams. Got to get better in recruiting for sure. But I'm no way calling for Dan Mullen to be fired. So let me just put that out there. <laughs> I, I want accountability from Dan Mullen. Um, when he goes into his press conferences, especially last night, you didn't see any accountability whatsoever. Dan Mullen said, well, we outcoached them. We did this, that. And he was actually out of that press conference pretty quick, a lot quicker than, than normal. But when you saw him and looked at him, he just looked tired, out of it. Didn't want to admit to he did anything wrong. Didn't want to take accountability for anything. And, uh, you know, Nick Saban, when he loses, he takes accountability. He rarely loses, but when he loses, he takes accountability. I saw Nick Saban cussing out his team while they're blowing out Ole Miss. Where is that energy? Where is that energy from a head coach that is just, oh, well, it's okay. We, we did pretty good. On to the next game. Or the coach that's going to say, yeah, we blew out this team, but there's a lot of things we got to fix, and I did not like this, and 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 that's the coach that you want to see. You see that in Nick Saban. You saw in Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer is eating frozen pizza right now. If if he's not, but he's been doing some other things that that are yeah, on. Yeah, we're gonna get into that in a minute. We'll, we'll get into that in a second. But you you see Urban Meyer eating frozen pizza. You see Nick Saban pissed off, yelling at everybody, whether he's winning or not. Where's that mentality from Dan Mullen? You well, my, my thing is this, and that is. You know, accountability has to go all the way around. Yeah. 
I mean, there's 105 guys on this football team. There's 10 assistant coaches who are on the field. Go separate. And here's the thing, and it, it has to. John Hevesy, he owes us some accountability. His offensive line played terrible, and his offensive line had multiple penalties. Yep. Which, what that tells me is he didn't trust enough guys to get in there and rotate. Okay. Running back play. Greg Knox owes me a huge explanation of what the crap he was doing with his rotation. So there's that. Uh, Billy Gonzalez, his receivers ain't blocking worth a turd. Yeah. Brewster, his tight ends are non existent. Hey, note to Tim Brewster, Kyle Pitts playing for the Atlanta Falcons. Now, my Atlanta Falcons, they don't know how to use him, but guess what? You're not getting any bet. Figure right. out a way. Matt Markway ain't coming in for two years. Um, you know, he's 2023 guy. He ain't coming in no time soon. Um, the, the accountability goes everywhere. Again, if Dan's going to be the play caller, figure it out because that's bad. And it all starts, and I know I continue to say it, and I hate to harp on it, starts in recruiting. And it, and it is what it is. It starts in recruiting. When you want to be elite, you have to recruit elite. Your, your depth on your line was not good enough. You weren't able to replace some injuries on, at, at defense, even though defense didn't lose the game. Your special teams wasn't very good because of your depth. It loses football games. That's why you lose to Kentucky. That's why you lost to Kentucky twice. Yeah. For the first time in 31 years. First time in 31 years, yes, that's correct. And, and for me putting that stat out there, it's a true stat. It's a true fact. Your head coach yeah. lost to Kentucky in 30-plus years in Lexington and at home. And, you know, there's a certain person out there, I don't even want to name his name because, I, I, yeah, I'm not even going to talk about that. But that doesn't mean I want Dan Mullen <laughs> fired. It's, it's true. Right. It's honest-to-God facts. It's facts. Yeah. Face the facts in front of you that your head coach lost to Kentucky twice in a row, being arrogant, Having the you know having a big ego, being arrogant and thinking he can just stop all over people, and then making excuses in, in, in the press conference—that's how I think. But anyway, you know, you're either gonna you're either gonna get better, and and, and I say this all the time: you're either gonna get better, or you're not gonna get better. And right now, this team didn't get better. This team didn't get better last week, uh, from last week to this week. Period. It got worse. And guess what? Whether you want to admit it or not, it, you're staring in your face a nine and three or eight and foot four football team. I'm going to ask this, and I'm going to ask this point clear, point blank. Are you okay with it? Nope. Tell me. I, if we go, if we were to go undefeated the whole rest of this year, I still would not be okay with it. I'm already not okay. I'm done. Because at the end of the day, you're going to look at that blemish that you had against Kentucky, and you're going to be like, man, that's what's keeping us in the playoff. What, what happened there, Dan? What happened in that game? And, and here's the thing. It's back-to-back years. Yeah, you had the LSU game, shouldn't yep. have lost, and you had this game where you shouldn't have lost. What are you doing? What? Why are you? Why is your team not prepared to play? Um, and 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 the facts are this, and that is, you got to go to Baton Rouge in a couple weeks. Yep. That the team. team that played on Saturday don't beat LSU, and LSU's not good. The yeah. team that was on there on Saturday gets absolutely train wrecked. By Georgia. Yeah. I don't think they score a point against Georgia. And not a lot of teams have scored points against Georgia. And LSU, But yeah. here's the thing. You're measuring yourself against Georgia. That's the thing, David. That's, yeah. what, that's what is so frustrating to me with everyone. And that is when you say that, when, when you make that statement, David, of they're not going to score against Georgia, it's true. If they play like they did the last thing. night, yeah. People don't want to hear it, and people say, "Why are you comparing yourself to Georgia?" Because guess what? Georgia's where you want to be, right? Alabama's where you want to be. Ohio State's where you want to be. Clemson last year and and years before are where you want to be. Right now, you're not one of the elite of the elite. And the thing is, is after the Alabama game, you showed you have the potential to be. Because guess what? That Alabama football team is going to be playing in January Yeah, for in the college football playoffs. You can mark that down. That's a, a team that is continuing to improve. That's a team that's much better than the team that was in Jacksonville. 
And guess what? Georgia's probably going to be there too because Georgia maybe loses to Alabama in the SEC championship game. Whoever loses in that SEC championship game is probably going to, that's going to probably be their first loss and they're probably still going to go. So again, I ask people this and that is, are you okay with being in that second tier of the SEC? If not, then you you have to support some kind of change, not at the headman, but underneath the headman. And here's the thing: stop with the scapegoat of Todd Grantham. Todd Grantham ain't your scapegoat on Saturday. Nope, not so far this year. Uh, he's not. And and yeah, you're I right. Mean, outside of the twenty points that he gave up to Alabama from the get go, how do you? What, and here's the thing: you can't even give him all twenty points because it was a short field off a turnover that was there. Okay, you look at what what Alabama's done since then. I mean, what they did to Ole Miss, Todd Grantham did a pretty good job. So, uh, again, yeah, you're right. I mean, outside of a couple of plays here and there, yes. Uh, I'll, I mean, here here's the here's the question, David, and I'll ask you: With Florida's defense, could Florida be five and up? Yeah, they could. They could. And that answers the question. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I'm not. I'm not the biggest Todd Grantham supporter, but I'm not either. I, I, but facts I, are facts. You can't deny what he's done this year. I right. mean, the defense playing pretty well. I think. I mean, and, he and, had and, 74 yards passing. Yeah, 211 total yards. Now, granted, that's a little skewed because you had the you know the field goal return that you know took away a possession and and you know Mullen sitting on the ball and you know also Mullen you know running the ball more this year, so they're not getting the opportunities. But at the end of the day. You could say the same thing from last year in that, you know, this team was throwing the ball more, so teams had more possessions. Yeah. yeah. And, and as much as I hate Georgia, I hate to talk good about Georgia, Kirby Smart went into that program and he set a standard. He said, we're going to have at least the top three recruiting class every single year. He goes, we're going to win the games that we're supposed to win. Granted, you lost some games you weren't supposed to lose either. He's not the best in-game coach. Not for no. offense. For defense... Yes, this is a guy that you want for defense, but he's an elite recruiter. He set the standard. He pretty much gets whatever recruit he wants besides whoever Nick Saban wants. But he's got multiple number one and number two recruiting classes. Granted, he should have already been in the playoff more than just one time, but it is what it is. So now you're faced with the fact of, can we beat LSU? Can we beat Georgia? Because, guys, the guys that like to make those 1980 jokes – it's probably going to run out sometime this year because I don't see Florida beating Georgia right now, and I see Georgia getting that SEC championship. They're going to give Alabama their best game. Whether they win or not, they're going to that playoff because I don't see a team beating Georgia right now so far this year. So get all your 1980 jokes out now. Unless Florida can upset them somehow in Jacksonville, Georgia's going to that playoff this year, and, and that's facts. <laughs> Whether you like to admit it or not. It's, it's facts, and... Well, and here's the thing. Dan can develop guys. And I yeah. say this and I say this nicely. Very nicely. You can only develop what you have. Yep. And whether or not and whatever you believe is this, but whatever God-given talent and and and, and whatever you have in you is only what you're going to get. You can only make for instance me. You can only make me so good. Yeah. David, I can only make you so good. Right. But now if you take a guy who is great, uh, you know, already physically gifted, you can make him extraordinarily elite. great. You can make him elite. A- elite. Right. A- a- exactly. You know, you can make that guy, you know. But for instance, Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is a phenomenal athlete. You know, he wasn't developed in high school as much. Wasn't developed as much at Texas Tech. He's been developed with the Chiefs, that kind of stuff. And, and I say this, and I'm not, I'm not going to call any names, but guys on the offensive line, for instance, you can only develop them to so much. Yep. You can only develop them to a certain level before they're tapped out. You, you can only do that. Then it becomes a question of this, a want. And Saturday night, there wasn't a want because I, I say this, and I get, I get fired up and I get frustrated. Offensive line plays a want. David, it's a want. Do you want to beat the crap out of the man in front of you? Right. That man that you're assigned to block, do you want to beat him more than he wants to beat you? 
I want to thumb because wrestle and kick his ass. Yes, you're going to block him. If the answer's no, you're going to get pinned. And on Saturday night, the Kentucky team wanted it more than Florida. And you can you, you can say I'm questioning hard or whatever it may be. I'm not questioning anything. I'm questioning a want to. I want to. And the want to was not there on Saturday from the top man to the bottom man. Right. You didn't get no uh, off them wrestle you all kick your ass. That's and, and I think it goes back to the attitude of some of the coaching staff. Maybe Dan Mullen doesn't have this right attitude. I, I'm not going to make, you know, I'm not going to bring up rumors or anything like that. From what I see, though, I don't know what goes on in that locker room. I don't know what's right. discussed. I don't know what he tells his team. I don't know anything. All I know is what I see in the press conference, how he acts, and obviously the smile from last night. This is all us fans have to see. Uh, when when we see Dan Mullen on a television screen, we don't know if he's going in these locker rooms and the attitude and the mentality is completely changed. Well, here's the thing: but, does it even matter? Because no. it, you can you can be somebody behind closed doors, and that's fine. And his team needs to see that. But guess what? When you turn on social media today, and you're Emory Jones, or you're Anthony Richardson, or you're uh, Ethan White, or or whoever it may be, you're seeing that photo of your football coach who you just went to war for for 48 minutes laughing, going to shake the opposing coach's team, and then walking into the locker room and claiming a moral victory. Right. And that just, what do you think the kids are talking about? Like, right. Like, does this guy even care? I, I don't know, man. Uh, there, there's too many questions in the, in the concerning part to me. This is David. And again, I'm not calling for nobody's head. This is year four. Year four. And in- you're, you're calling these things into question in year four. Now, here's what I am going to call into question, and that is this. And that is, for as much as Kirby's good, for as much as Nick's good, for as much as Dabo's good, for as much as Urban's been good, he's always had to make some change personnel. They've all had to make changes personnel-wise. Bill Belichick, the Patriots. You know, you can say what we want to say about, okay, well, you know, maybe it's Tom Brady. And it probably is Tom Brady's greatest quarterback any of us will ever see. But he's had to make changes. Everybody has to make changes. And I'm not talking about Torian Gray and Ron English. I'm talking about some of your buddies, Dan. Somebody. Some of your buddies are failing you. You talk about the Florida standard. You, Dan Mullen, have to live up to the Florida standard, too. Your coaches have to live up to the Florida standard too. Everyone has to land up to the Florida standard. Nick Savage, you have to land up to the Florida standard because on Saturday, your guys weren't physical. Your guys weren't disciplined, and that's learned in the weight room. Right. And at the end of the day, a loss is a loss. You didn't score enough points to beat the You're other team. You're number 20 in the AP poll. You're number 20 at the AP poll. And, and like I said, I do apologize for harping too much on this this podcast, but it's well warranted. I'm pretty sure a lot of people want to hear what we have to say and what others have to say. Uh, but regardless, at the end of the day, you take an L. You're actually fourth in the uh, in the East right now, considering they got Tennessee that's above terrible, that. That's terrible, man. And that's the thing is, is Tennessee went into Missouri and took care of the team that they were supposed to take care of. They blew them out. 60, I think it was like 62 to 24. They blew them completely out. I don't see that mentality. I say this all the time, man. I do a couple of radio spots every week. I do a Saturday morning radio spot every week. And, you know, when it's a big game, they always ask me, is Florida going to blow this team out? And I, every time I say, I can't say that, I can't say that, I can't say that. And they all ask me why. And I always say – Dan Mullen doesn't blow football teams out. No. Just doesn't, and I don't know why. Is it arrogance? Is it cockiness? Is it whatever? Is it playing down to your opponents? I don't know what it is, but championship-level football teams don't do it. Here's the thing. Even if you win on Saturday, David, you can't be considered elite. Because no. that game was way too close than it should have been. Right. Yeah. Way too close. Yeah, you would have had ten to seven at halftime is miserable. Yeah. Miserable. Yeah, that's uh that's a uh something that these Georgia and Alabama teams don't have to deal with ever on a consistent Any elite game. team. Any elite team. Any Urban elite Myers team. teams, shoot. When they played Hawaii, they were putting sixty up. Yep. When they played Vandy, they were putting sixty up. Now, 
they had their one or two, you know, um, you know, the, the cop block and with Jarvis Moss, you know, they had those games where they had to, you know, get by the, the hair of their teeth. But for the majority of it, it was, hey, I'm going to get out there and I'm going to boat race these teams so I can get my backups in. And, and maybe that's the thing, David. Maybe that's something, and I haven't even thought about that. Maybe that's, maybe that's something we need to think about even more is because of the lack of blowing teams out in the past, Emory Jones, Anthony Richardson, Naquan Wright, some of these guys haven't been able to play. So they're not getting the game right. experience that you're getting at Alabama at Georgia when you're blowing teams out. So maybe that's a case we haven't even thought about. Um, maybe that's something that could be true. Maybe. Well, you got blown out by Oklahoma and we got to see Anthony Richardson. Does that, does that count? I'm just kidding. I'm messing around now. That's actually a joke guys. Uh, at the end of the day, like, look, we're ticked off. Every fan has a right to be ticked off, but at the end of the day, all I want to see is this university be successful and for it to be an elite program back to the Urban Meyer days, back to, you know, when we could go into Jacksonville and put up 40 to 50 points on Georgia and run them out of the building. That's the team that I want to see again. And at the end of the day, look, I want this team to be successful. I think, you know, Emory Jones is your starting quarterback still. I don't think anything bad about him. I don't think anything bad about any of these players on this team. It's up to the coaching staff to put them in a position to be successful. And you did not see that Saturday night at the end of the day. You didn't see that Saturday night. So hopefully next week when they take on Vanderbilt, which is a team that is probably one of the worst teams in the SEC, which you should blow out. You should have second and third string guys come into the game probably by, by halftime. Time. Yes. And, and, and blow them out. And, and you, you get to see, you get to get these DeMarcus Bowmans, these Lorenzo Lingards we all wanted to see since they've been on the campus. You get to blow this team out and you'll get to see these guys. But let me ask you this. Are you, are you confident we're going to blow out Vanderbilt? Mm-mm. No, they opened up as a 35 point favor for the. Yeah, the ESPN um, has them at like a 99.1% chance to win the game. Yeah, 30, 35 point favorites, you know. And hey, should they blow them out? Sure. Yeah. Sure, they should. Will they? Your guess is as good as mine because, again, they don't blow teams out. I mean, they just don't. Uh, I don't know what it is. And here's the thing, too. And, I, you know, I, I'm not going to question anybody or call anybody out, but some of these guys have got some business decisions to make, unfortunately. Yeah. And that is you're not going to the playoffs. You're not going to Atlanta. Georgia's not losing three football games. No. Period. There's not. They're not. They're not losing three football games. Um, you know, they're not losing two football games. In my opinion, Kentucky's not losing three games. I mean, Kentucky would have to lose three games in order for you to go over them. Um, so, you know, your your goals are, are gone. You're playing for pride. You're playing for the university. You're playing yep. for the name on the front and the name on the back there's a lot of questions that have to be answered. There's a lot of things that have to be done and you've got to figure it out as a team. Dan Mullen's got to figure it out as a, as a coach that ways to get his guys going. And, and unfortunately it's Vanderbilt. Uh, maybe it's fortunately, but you know, it's not a, exactly a, a game that you're going to get up for. It's, you know, a noon kickoff in the swamp the crowd's not going to be there. So you can hang that up. Um, We'll see. I mean, we'll see. Yeah. And like I said, and I even tweeted it last night, man. Uh, you know, I'm just ticked off at the, you know, everybody has a right to be ticked off at a loss. Mm-hmm. I'm pissed off at the loss that happened last night, but it mm-hmm. doesn't change the fact that I love this team. I love covering this team with you. I love doing this podcast with you, by the way, Andrew. And I love all the guys on our VIP boards, all the fans that follow me on Twitter. I, I, I love it all. I love it all. Don't get me wrong. I just, do not like inexcusable losses. And this is, I don't like losing period. I I don't, you know, I just, I don't care. I, I, I don't care if I'm thumb wrestling. I want to win. I mean, uh, I I, want to win. I don't like losing. I don't like losing. The Braves play 162 games. People let laugh at me all the time. They're like, why are you mad about a game in June? I said, cause I don't like losing. I don't like it. I don't like losing. I just don't, I, I don't. The Falcons are terrible. 
I know the Falcons should probably lose every game to try to get the number one pick next year. But guess what? I can't make myself say it's okay to lose. I can't. I, I just can't. I'm not. I'm, I, I'm not that away. I just cannot like losing. I don't accept it. And it is what it is. It comes out of frustration. Um, am I a little harsh? Maybe. Maybe at times. Guess what? <laughs> my opinion doesn't matter to anybody. Damn, Owen doesn't ask my opinion. The guys don't ask my opinion. Only opinion that matters is opinion in the locker room. Only thing that matters is what happens at kickoff on Saturday at 12.01 or whatever time it kicks off in the swamp. Exactly. That's the only thing that matters. Yep. At the end of the day, right, like you said, the, the locker room mentality and the coaching staff's attitude is what matters. And it, it's something we just didn't see last night. You know, and we've already explained it. And, you know, I want to see that old Dan Mullen when he came back the first year. Thumb wrestle me. I'll kick your ass. I want to see that Dan Mullen. I have not I'll tell seen you it. what, and this is the honest God truth, and I, I don't care what anybody says. It may be harsh. Elijah Blades wouldn't play on Saturday. He'd be suspended. You don't make stupid mistakes like that. Yeah. These offensive linemen would know very, very quickly. The false start penalties happen. Don't even look to the sideline. Just go ahead. The next man will be on up. Because it has to stop. Your program has got to be built by year four. There has got to be a mindset that we do not. And I say we, I'm, I'm talking, I, I'm in the locker room. It, 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 you cannot, 15 penalties cannot happen. Cannot happen. That has to be a mindset that is in the program. It has to be a mindset that's ingrained in it. You talk about the Gator way. The Gator way is not losing to Kentucky and 15 penalties. Right. And uh, block kicks should not happen. That could return for touchdowns uh, on special teams either. And, no. And, and that's what ultimately uh, put the dagger in Florida. But, I mean, yesterday, man, I, I'm – we're going to segue here a little bit, man. Uh, Oregon got knocked off by Stanford. Uh, there was actually a lot more upsets. Uh, so yeah. The, looks like they, Notre Dame uh, finally got knocked off. Thank God. Is um, Cincinnati for real? Because I'll be honest, they look like a good football team. Yeah, they did. And hey, you hey, know. Hey, Florida State won. Yeah, Florida State finally won a game, man. I finally get to post the yeah. meme of uh, Richard Simmons saying, hey, we finally moved, you know, won a game. That, that, they that won. Mean. They finally won a game. Clemson be, finally won. It should be State upset Texas A&M. Jimbo, that extension money. Oh, what about that? Looks, what about that comeback Auburn had against LSU? That was a good one. And man, my South Alabama Jaguars hooked a kick. Man, one minute to go in the game, we were down twenty to went down twenty to nothing. Yeah. First first play of the game went ninety for Lafayette. Comeback. Arizona State. 20 to 18. 20 to 18. Yeah. Arizona State. There's a lot of games. Um, Ohio, Ohio State blows out Rutgers. Um, that was a win. And then, like you said, Georgia. Oh, I mean, just God. smokes Arkansas. Alabama just smokes um, Lane Kiffin. But I will say this. Lane Kiffin's mic drop at the beginning of the game was awesome. Did you see it? Yeah, that was pretty funny. Oh, he said – just get your popcorn ready and get ready. And he drops a headset like, I got this. Sorry. And then Alabama in the middle of the third quarter has a mascot come out with popcorn. Yeah. That was some serious trolling. You know what's really funny, too? Uh, going back and we're talking about that Arkansas game between Georgia, Stetson Bennett only threw for 72 yards. That's all he had to do. That's, that's, Daniels didn't even play. Yeah. J.D. Daniels didn't even play, and Bennett played and didn't even throw for 100 yards. That's how bad they were they able to run the ball. They had an unfair advantage on the goal line in the second quarter where they brought in 350-pound Jordan Davis, yeah. brought in their other D-tackle. I mean, they had, like, an, over a ton of offensive linemen out there just pushing. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. I, I don't think Arkansas is as bad as they were. I don't think Arkansas is as good as um, as people thought they were either. Yeah. Um, their quarterback play is very suspect. Um, their offense is very suspect. Um, but they're a much better team under Sam Pittman, and they're improving. Um, and I don't think Ole Miss is as bad as they look. I think Ole Miss is still a pretty pretty decent football team. Um, 
I just I, I think that the Florida game was the absolute wake up slap in the face that this Alabama Saban team had to have. Um and it's gonna be it's gonna be a crash course to 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 Atlanta with Georgia, I'm afraid. And I hate it. I can't stand it. I if you if you'll give me Kentucky knocking off Georgia, I'll I'll take the shellacking in um Atlanta that Kentucky'll get from it, um, Alabama, but I don't see it, man. That those are two really good football teams. Bryce Young's coming to his all. Yeah, I mean, as far as Arkansas improving, they you know A and M was kind of a little overrated anyway. This this team just lost to Mississippi State last night. That's, right. he, they beat now, a not good A and M team. They are playing with a backup quarterback. They are. They are. So I'll give them so, that. But anyway, yeah. Um, anyway, before we end though, we have to discuss the um, the Urban Meyer situation here. Oh, did Shelly? Did he go home last night to Shelly, or is Shelly there? Like, what's going on here? If you haven't seen it, there is a video of who is suspected to be. It's not been confirmed. Suspected to be Urban Meyer at a bar with a young. Oh, there's there's pictures. It's Urban Meyer. I I know, but you. For this, for the safety of the podcast, so that Urban isn't suing Gator Country, it has not been confirmed that it is Urban Meyer, but it sure looks like Urban Meyer. That uh, with a young little blonde who is uh, giving him a nice little dance in front. Maybe it's just a guy with an Urban Meyer mask on. <laughs> it is Halloween. Yeah, it is Halloween. So yeah, maybe that was just it. Yeah. So uh, yeah. For the <sighs> sake of that, anyway. Uh, um. Yeah, I guess that pretty much ends the podcast, unless you got anything else, man. Um, No, I mean, again, not calling for no heads, so do not tweet at me or David or post on the message board that we're saying damn well need to be fired. Not saying that whatsoever. I'm saying there's got to be accountability from the top to the bottom, players included. I am saying Emory, until Dan pulls the handcuffs off Emory and just lets him play, I don't know. The interception was terrible, obviously. Um, some of his reads are a little slow, but, you know, so, yeah, just there's more questions in there to answers, and that should not be happening in year four of a program. Right, especially if you've been in the program as a quarterback for three to four years and your coach does not trust you to throw the football. Uh, that's real questionable to me. But, I mean, like we said, like Andrew said, accountability. It's all we want. You went into you went into Kentucky. You went into Lexington. You laid an egg. You can't change it. It's already been done. I want to see the accountability now. How does the team respond? Like you said, now I you're playing for pride. For you. What's up? I do have a question for you before we get out of here. And it's not to do with this. It's to deal with the Scott Strickland thing. Okay. Um, we haven't talked about it a lot. It's a sensitive subject that I don't particularly like talking about. Um, just because I don't know all the facts. Nobody knows all the facts except for Cam and the players and everything else. But, you know, um, the situation with Cam New Newbar, however you say his name, the, the old women's coach is still out there. Yeah. Um, there was an outside-the-line story about it. Um, some, you know, the alligator had a, a, a really in-depth piece stating all the problems that were going on. Um, so – my question to you is this, David, and that is, from what we know, are you okay with the way Scott Strickland handled the problem? No, not at all. And that's all I'm going to comment because I don't want to say something that yeah. I, that would get me in trouble. But no, no, it's not good. It's not a good look. Uh, that's for sure. I, I need to hear some more. I, I, need, uh, I need some accountability from yeah. this. Um, I need to hear, um, I need to hear a lot more. Um, it is not what I, um, it's not what I want from the university that I, that I, that I like. Um, it's not, um, you know, you, you definitely do not want female athletes in that position. And and again, I don't know all the facts. We don't know all the facts from what is being said. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I'm not I'm not okay with how Scott Strickland has handled it so far. I'm not okay with how the university's handled it so far. Um, I'm not okay with any of it. I, I really ain't. Um, and um, I, I think there's a lot of questions that need to be answered. And there's 
a lot of accountability that needs to be accounted for um, in this situation. And uh, yeah, that's it right now. Yeah, it's not good. And we'll find out what happens with it. I mean, I'm pretty sure there's some other information that could come out in the weeks to come. We don't know. I don't know the whole situation. I mean, I know the situation. I know what's been explained, but I don't know what we're really having on behind the scenes, just like you said. So, I mean, you know, key word this week is accountability all across the board. Uh, from the football coaching staff to the administration to the AD, Scott Strickland. We'll see. I mean, you know, that's just it's just been bad news all across the board, Spivey, man. Is there anything, good? Is been, there anything good going on this week, man? Hey, my brain's clinched playing the Brewers on Friday. Um, so that's good news. Um, Kadarius, Tony, and Kyle Pitts are getting a little nice little PT today. And so we're taping this. And my fantasy team's doing good. Dak and David Montgomery decided to have balls out games. So, yeah, we're, there's always a little bit of good news. And guess what? The sun does come up tomorrow, and uh, the Gators do play. And right. uh, we're going to be transitioning. I mean, not transitioning here, but we're going to get some, uh, get a little bit of football or basketball here in the next uh, couple weeks. Uh, yep. Bring my man uh, Eric Fawcett on. Um, he does a great job for us. Uh, get him on. And, um, yeah, we'll continue breaking all this down. So, um, big week uh, for the Gators uh, on um, the 6th. That is what uh, put me on the spot here. That's Wednesday. Francois, or excuse me, Francois, he's already committed. Uh, Jamari Lyons is uh, scheduled to announce his commitment. I like the Gators there over South Carolina. Um, so, that's good news. And then Jaden Gibson yeah. in a couple weeks. So, so recruiting news, um, you know, that will come your way. Like I said, got to win in recruiting. You recruit daily or die. Right. And I was about to mention that. Jaden Gibson, too. His commitment's coming up, I believe, on the 11th or the 13th. Something like that. I can't remember. 13th. 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 Okay. So, So, yeah, we got that going on. um, Azare Thomas and Evan Stewart, both of those guys are, you know, rumored to be maybe doing something in October. We'll see. Both of them have, you know, been back and forth. So, that's all I got, David. I'm I'm exhausted from talking about it. I ain't even gonna lie, but uh, it had to be done, had to be talked about, and uh, guess what? We'll be all right. We'll be all right. And at the at the end of the day, you can only play the next game, and the next game is a noon game against Vanderbilt. So hopefully, the Florida Gators can bounce back, and uh, hopefully, we get our wish, Andrew, and maybe they just blow them out, and we see some second string guys in there. But we're Andrew Spivey, and for David Soderquist, the GatorCountry.com podcast. You can follow me at GC. On Twitter, and you can follow Andrew Spivey at Andrew Spivey GC on Twitter as well. That'll wrap it up, folks, for this episode of the GatorCountry.com podcast. Go Gators!